on this episode of Coins to Continue. PlayStation 5 and the Xbox other. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. This guy so said Xbox other. <laughs> Level of disrespect. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Coins to Continue. I am Charles. I'm Katie. Our show is the weekly home to discussions of gaming industry news, culture, and critique. And we do this with all our own flavor and no bullshit. We hope you enjoy what you hear. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of this wonderful gaming podcast, the best gaming podcast around. Uh, You can listen to this show on SoundCloud, where you may have seen the link pop up on Twitter, but we also have the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and many, many more places. If you want to hear us on a specific platform and do not know how to access it or don't think it's there, let us know. We'll hit you with the tweet with the link. And if it's not there already, we'll try to make sure to get it to that place if possible. Some people have asked us to put a uh, put the show on title, but uh, Jay-Z ain't really uh, letting us rock like that yet. So I'm sorry that we can't do that. But if it changes in the future, we will surely let you know. Um, but it is not just me. It is not just our wonderful uh, host, Katie. We also have B-Will on this episode. What's happening, player? Greetings to all. How are we doing this morning? Doing well, doing well. You know, certain topics uh, that that come around, B-Will usually wants to jump in on this one. And, and our main yeah. topic for this episode is going to be about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox uh, 2, 1080, <laughs> uh, I, I, whatever. It, the code name is Anaconda, but we know they're not going to rock with that name. Uh, but before we move forward and, and start with our Outside the Arcade topics, Katie, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing pretty good. Feeling super energized. I've had a super busy week since I got back from the summit and just got a lot of things going on. Okay, got you. As busy as you've been, I'm I'm glad to see that you are energized and not completely drained. Surprisingly not. Surprisingly not. I'm definitely, for some reason, get this, I have this like perpetual burst of energy, but it feels really good because I feel super productive and motivated. Is it because, like, you know, when your fans be chanting your name, you just, you absorb that energy? Are you done? Uh, (laughs) You done? (laughs) I'm sorry. I had, you know, I got to get the jab in there. I got to, I got to hit you with the jab. I know. You know, every time, every time. Um, uh, But I peeped your, I peeped the tail, not necessarily the tail end, but I, I saw you streaming and there was some bean action going on. And in your most recent stream, and apparently in the stream before that, which I missed, uh, you 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 ate something that tastes like a stink bug, ma'am? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. How traumatizing was that? Ooh, never in my life again. Um, probably top 10 worst moments. I, I'm raising money for St. Jude right now, and one of my... I obviously have incentives and parts... My I have milestones, but then I also have incentives. And um, at the time, my well, it's still actually going on currently. But um, my fifteen dollars incentive was a thing called Bean Boozled, which is essentially um, Jelly Belly jelly beans. And there's two pairings 
of completely different flavors. One good flavor, one nasty flavor. So like there's, and they look completely identical, so you never know what you're going to get. So the game comes with a spinner, or there's an app where you can use the spinner. And you can get things like um, berry blue or toothpaste, toasted marshmallow or stink bug, um, dead fish or strawberry banana smoothie. So you never really know what you're going to get because they're completely identical beans. And so when people would donate $15 or more, um, I would get basically what's called bean boozled. And um, I've I've been very lucky to have gotten mostly good ones. I got canned dog food. Um, one of my first ones was not as bad as what I thought it was going to be because it tasted like cold beef stew. Okay. Would rather have canned dog food over stink bug any day of the week. Stink bug tasted like car exhaust. And I was like, uh-uh. Ugh. No. Ooh-wee. See, that, that just make me want to put hands on whoever in, 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 their, in their little lab putting this stuff together. Right. Right. Why, it was why just, are you doing this? I, I'm not, I, I'm just, no. And there's, there's like a vomit flavored one and I'm just like, oh, I'm just dreading that why? one. I, what, what, I would what, what, hands down rather eat stink bug than something that tastes like barf. It's literally the flavor is called barf. Yeah. And Cause I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to throw up if I eat that. Like it's going to happen. The smell yeah, of barf makes me want to throw up. So right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, but before we step further into the arcade and, and, and learn a little bit more about your St. Jude Summit coverage, let's discuss a couple things that happened over the weekend. For everybody out there, it has been a very, very exciting weekend uh, for for uh, all of geek and nerddom. It was free comic book day on Saturday and also uh, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you all. And... I don't know if they've ever fallen on the, the same exact day before, but I totally forgot about Free Comic Book Day. Did, did either one of you have a chance to celebrate it at all? Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, Charles. I haven't had the time to turn on my PlayStation for more than about 15 minutes. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm a little stifled right now, you know? No, you ain't um, been able to do nothing then. Nothing. I mean, nothing. But... um. Soon, you know what I'm saying. Soon, I'm gonna get back into it and, and do the things that make me happy. But um, right now, I got this other thing that makes me happy. It's just a little demanding. Yeah, a little, yeah. little, little Wes. Yeah, yeah, he, he a little, uh, little handful. You know what I'm saying? Word. Y'all, Did, y'all, y'all want a baby? Y'all? Got no, some we money good. We, we should, good. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm good. Okay. So I, don't, I don't know go. if Katie got the fever out here, but I'm, I'm definitely good on my end. <laughs> when you oh, see I him, he gonna I'm give you the too. fever. I think I'm good too. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to, we're trying to get him to that, that three, four month year old plateau where everything kind of starts evening out and they start being themselves. Right now he's, he's still got the baby dumb. The baby dumb is, is, is still strong. Got so. it. He's still filling y'all out and putting y'all to work. Exactly. Gotcha. It's gotcha. fun. No, it's fun. Uh, y'all super parents. Y'all, y'all got this. I'm cheering we for y'all. But uh, had, that. had you ever participated in free comic book day previously? I had not, but um, you know my my homeboy um, Brizo, shout out to Brizo, was always about that picking up um, comics and, and telling. Honestly, he was like my comic books explained in real life. Like I'd be okay. like, "Hey, tell me about these characters." He was like, "Yo, I just got this from Free Comic Book Day." So he basically did that. I feel smarter just talking to him. That <laughs> that was my outlet right there. That was my my go to. So I had not personally, but uh, my homeboy Brizo did. And we always chopped it up about those comics. Got it, got it. How about you, Katie? I honestly, other than I think like a couple years ago, I typically don't participate in Free Comic Book Day only because 
most comic book stores that are around me, they're not really that close. Got um, it. They're kind of out of the way, so it's just really not been a feasible thing, especially with work and things like that, to actually go and get a free comic book. Although, I'm not going to lie, I have been a little bit salty seeing some of the hauls that some people have been getting, but hopefully one day I can be within close enough vicinity to an actual comic book store to where I can partake, because I definitely would like to. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Free Comic Day is always an event. I was slacking this year. I just completely forgot about it, but I still made it over to my comic book shop. Um, everybody listen to the show. Use the hashtag Coins Tour. Just add us. Let us know if you got a little bit of a haul from Free Comic Book Day. I want to see what y'all got out there. Um, and as far as Star Wars goes, so Star Wars Day was Saturday as well, and... Uh, this is technically outside the arcade, but I, I do want to ask this just kind of as a celebration of that day. What's the best Star Wars game? What's y'all's absolute favorite Star Wars game ever that you've played? Um, I'll go first so y'all have a moment to think about it for a second. But uh, I was, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think I was talking in the Discord channel. Um, with the homie Bomb Camp, it might have been him. I'm not sure, but I was talking about how the Star Wars license, for me personally, has been kind of stifled a bit, um, especially with the stories of Star Wars 1313 and the other canceled games around that, and how exciting they sounded on paper and the little demo that we saw. Like, I really wish we could have gotten that game and and. And, you know, more games in the Knights of the Old Republic, um, stuff like that. My my hot take was actually that the movies have done a bit a, a worse job of uh, carrying the Star Wars lore forward than the games have. And that's largely because Knights of the Old Republic one and two are absolutely phenomenal. And I think they're the best representations of the Star Wars lore that we've gotten so far. And that, you know, I, I say all that to say Nice of the Old Republic is my favorite Star Wars game. And then just another thing, like, can y'all imagine how amazing it would be to get like a Mass Effect level game set in Star Wars? You know what I'm saying? Like a, oh, a party be- of people, not Jedi, maybe somebody's force sensitive, but you know having that level like the 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 technology that we have now the visuals that we have and being able to you know travel around the the massive universe in the star wars lore that'd be amazing that would that would be amazing i think i've actually heard somebody say that mass effect is the it's star trek realized for gaming and whatever it's 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 like a a, not it's not an analog for star trek it kind of is i guess they were like, it's. It, it would be really cool if if somebody number one redid the original trilogy. For but sure. Number two, that the newest iteration, whenever that comes out, because I mean they're not going to drop Mass Effect, but did kind of build on what the original trilogy was, but include some things from other, you know, far out galaxy universe properties, and just made it a large scope. And and you saying that makes me think if somebody did Star Wars. But I guess, you know what, where would it start? At what point in that universe's history would it start? Because that might be the most important thing. See, I don't know. Like, it would be cool to have a modern take. Because Bioware, you know, 
clearly for for everybody that may not have caught this, Bioware did Knights of the Old Republic, right? right. Um, so they they have the experience with the world, but I was specifically thinking of something a more modern take and away from the main characters. There's yeah. it's a massive space, so there's a lot of places to go. Um, I think thirteen thirteen was supposed to take place in Coruscant, and just in that one planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of dealing with the underground, the the belly of the the underworld, the belly of the underworld. And if they started, I mean, they could, I guess they they could do stuff in the the current trilogy around it. Because in the two movies that we've seen, we've seen that there's definitely you know stuff going on outside of these main characters. Uh, right. We've we've seen that one city that people didn't like <laughs> in the Ooh. second movie. <laughs> but the- like, think about that city in the context of Mass Effect, though. Like going there. Uh, oh, no doubt. You know what it made me think of Final Fantasy VII when you go to is it the Gold Saucer? Golden Saucer, yeah. Yeah, you go yeah. there, you play all these games, you get all this stuff. Yeah, that that would be cool. That yeah, would be, you, you can put you, so many. You can bet on some there. stuff, but also this is where you kind of learn about the different layers of everything. Like it's not mm-hmm. all black and white. It's not all Sith and Jedi. Like there's there's layers to it, and the I, the the movie wanted to go there. <laughs> they didn't yeah. do the best job of it, but. Imagining a gamer going through that world, I think, would be pretty would awesome be cool. to experience for sure. That would be cool. Um, Katie, mm-hmm. what's your favorite Star Wars game? Um, honestly, I would have to say I didn't get to finish Kotor. Um, it was one of those games that I I didn't actually have. My cousin had it, so I played it um, in in his possession. But um, it was a lot of fun, and I definitely mm. missed that game. I wish we could get like a new and updated version of that um, but if i had to say something that i did play like in in greater depth um i would honestly have to say the the battlefront remake that we got a few years ago i played the crap out of that game and i don't know how well it was received by critics and stuff like that but i loved it it was not like battlefront 2 which battlefront 2 was a lot more like battlefield um, Battlefront One was not. That's why I was not very good at Battle uh, Battlefront Two. Mm-hmm. But I logged so many hours in on Battlefront. It is ridiculous. I had so much fun with that game, and and I almost thought about getting it. I didn't even know if there'd be people playing. I was like, I'm like, today is May the fourth. Not today, obviously, but yesterday. Um, was May the fourth. I was like, oh, I want to play it so bad. I like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I should reinstall it or something. But it would be very nice to have like a major, like like you said, Mass Effect scale Star Wars game. That would be absolutely insane. I only wish, but I mean, we've got you know the newest Star Wars game that's coming out, and so I'm hoping for good results. Where, where, and I'm not saying this or asking this to demean your pick or take anything away from it, but did you ever play the other Battlefront games like before the reboot? I did not, but I heard they were good. Okay, gotcha. Um, I I feel like you would have absolutely loved those, and I hope they reach that point. It's it's hard to do though, um, because those games. Just to give you an idea, like the the maps were were pretty huge, and you could. Basically, you can run around and you can be fighting on foot, but then you can get into a ship and then fly it and up 
you know, in the sky and fight against people or go into a, a space station or something and land and, and battle it out with people. The second game does a little bit better um, of realizing that, but uh, it has it, it's not an exact replica of that. But there, there's like this studio that's actually making their own uh, version of the Battlefront games. Uh, they they were initially making like a, a fan made Star Wars Battlefront three, but there was a cease and desist. So they're gonna they're just change everything into original content, but have those massive scale battles. And I'm really looking forward to that. I can't remember the name right now, but I'll share it on Twitter um, when this episode goes live. But be will, what you got? What's your favorite Star Wars game? The Pod Racer for sixty four. That's okay, see, I was gonna I was gonna call somebody out if they didn't name that, but are you joking? Or are you serious? No, I'm dead ass serious okay, because cool. that was the only Star Wars game I have ever played. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, that's, that's pretty simple. Um, actually, I never so Super Nintendo was my last Nintendo console until I got a Wii. So I'm on PlayStation One, PlayStation Two. I did not play Kotor because I didn't have a 360 or an original Xbox. So, no Force Unleashed. Um, no, I did not. Wow, play that man, because it looked a trash to me. Was Force Unleashed good? The first one was super fire. The okay. second one, not so much. Okay. Well, I actually was babysitting my my younger cousin. He had a 64, and he wanted me to play a Star Wars game with him. So I would sit down and play it. I was like, this? It, it's not that I remember it. I mean, I'm sure if I saw it now, I'd be like, this looks terrible because it's on 64. <laughs> but I remember you run some races, and you win some races, and you got these parts, and you buy upgrades, and it improves your stats. I like most you know, racing games. But... I could tell a difference instantly when I upgraded my handling mm. on this pod and I ran that same race right after. I, I was like, damn, I, I got a, a there is a tangible improvement in this stat from upgrading it. And I got better at it. I learned the courses and I got better at running them and to have picked that up and not have any idea um, what the courses were or how to best run these races. I learned how to do it. I like games that. They teach you how to be good at them. Mm. And that was definitely an example of this game is teaching me how to do it better. And I, I had a lot of fun with that. It was good. Word. Well, I'm happy that Power Racing got some love out there. I, I never played the 64 version, I don't think. Um, mm. But I played the hell out of the arcade version. Sitting oh, you had an arcade version of that? Yeah, sitting in a little Power Racer and you had the handles just like the actual Power Racer. I mean, it was it was difficult to... To get mm-hmm. used to. Oh yeah, it's difficult. They have like a they have a recent one at like this um barcade that I went to in North Carolina in Greensboro, and it was definitely hard, but it's fun. It's yeah. it's really fun. It's fun as hell. Uh, but yeah, everybody listen to the show. Hit us with the hashtag coins to let us know your favorite Star Wars games. I definitely want to read those out on the next episode. And uh, shout out to everybody that continues to support the show and tweet at us and give us feedback. Uh, I do want to shout out a few people. Uh, Bad Kitty told us that she was excited for the different models of the Switch. Uh, she said that I've heard that there might be a lower price for the handheld Switch and that might make me jump on it. But Animal Crossing bundle may do that first. I dig that. That would be ideal. That would be brilliant, actually. If they drop the Animal Crossing, you know, portable switch focused bundle at a cheaper price, they that that console's already moved mad numbers, but I think that, that would still sell like hotcakes. Um uh <laughs> Katie, Jeff said that uh your your lead up to your thoughts on endgame was too much and you gave everyone a heart attack. 
Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, technically <laughs> that's not all on her. That's kind of on B. Will. <laughs> Katie sets this up perfectly. It was that and then the Bioshock question a few episodes back. What Somebody, we asked her something. Charles, you asked her something. and Oh, it was about favorite game. <laughs> I think it was favorite, game. favorite games, yeah. Right. And I was like, if she's going to word it like this, then I'm I'm, I'm going to take the bait every time. He's going to milk it. And oh, my <laughs> God. I should have known. I should have known that was the perfect setup. Thank it you, Katie. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, Jeff said, shout out. Uh, he co-signed Ticket to Ride and recommended Coliseum. We were talking about the board, the, the tabletop games last week. I need to look at Coliseum a little bit more. And then Sky said that I should go into detail about the review process uh, because I did ask if anybody wanted me to do that. Um, we do not have a whole lot of time this week. If we if we have enough time, I'll go into it, if, if I think we do. But we'll, we'll see about that. So let's step into the arcade and get into some gaming stuff. Katie, you did Twitch Sings and you want to discuss St. Jude, correct? Yes. Let us know how that went down. Okay, so... Um Actually, what is, what is today? Sunday? Yeah. So on Friday of this week, um, I actually did Twitch Sings for the first time. And it was so fun. It was so fun. Um, it's funny because when I when I sent the tweet out, I had people that were like, you can sing? I'm like, who said anything about being able to sing? Uh-oh. Greg, why do you... Why Who, who does karaoke? Like, I'm not saying that... People that know how to sing don't go and do karaoke because I know that they do, but it's like that's, that's not, not what the you point come here. for. Yeah. yeah, that's not that's not the point here, right? Yeah. Um, but it was it was honestly a ton of fun. I probably embarrassed myself five times over, and I totally do not even care because it was just a fantastic experience. That's actually my first time doing karaoke, and everybody was shocked. They're like, "What are you?" Oh serious? wow, I'm that's like, awesome. Yeah, and they I guess they they couldn't tell because I guess I did so well, but um, I did some um, duets with you know Lord Balvin, and it was they actually have a really like pretty a pretty nice catalog. They could definitely do better, especially with like the the more recent songs, and they could definitely expand their rap selection. But um, man, it was it was a great time, and and it just I, I honestly that's one of those things that I would even do off stream and then i'm definitely going to do again on stream and obviously it was one of those things i actually did the the twitch sing stream as one of my milestones for my uh saint jude fundraiser that was okay. actually the first one yeah so we and we knocked that we knocked that out pretty quick so uh that was the first thing i had to do and then i went ahead and did it and i had a blast and just saying my vod is still up on twitch so if you guys want to go Check it out. Uh, hopefully your ears don't bleed too bad, but um, mm-hmm. y'all now are more you, than welcome to. You can't tell us that you did karaoke and then not tell us the set list, though. What, what songs? Oh were you yeah, I mean we had we did Return of the Mac. That was a that was a given. That's like my favorite song ever. <laughs> we did Everybody Runs to Rule the World by uh, Tears for Fears. We did. Oh, I did Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. I did uh, One Last Breath by Creed. Wow. I did Low by Flow Rider. I did I Write Sins Not Tragedies. Nice. Um trying to th- oh, I did Kiss from a Rose by Seal. And then it was even funnier because this I actually did it twice because I forgot that I had a Batman film. Because I use Snap Camera when I stream. Mm. And I forgot that they had a Batman filter. So oh, I literally went back goodness. and sang Kiss from a Rose with the Batman filter. Cause we know why. Yeah. And um, we also did a duet for Stand By Me for Benny King. And 
and I'm trying to think of what else we did. Oh, we did Pony. We did Pony. <laughs> <laughs> we did a duet for Pony. It was it was so fun. I think there was a, a couple more here and there that I did, but those were those were the main ones. I think our most well received ones were probably um were probably Stand By Me, Pony, and Return of the Mac. Okay. So. I'm I'm definitely gonna go back and peep those. So, <laughs> for sure. Like Kiss from Rose for most definitely, especially with a Batman filter. I gotta see that. <laughs> well it's at the end of the VOD if you wanna see it. So okay. it's like the last song I think I did. So Got it, got it. And uh how's progress with St. Jude? Um, well so far, um we are actually at seven hundred and seventy dollars out of my twelve fifty goal. Okay, um, nice. I I'm only a few days into the to the campaign and I've just, I've gotten so much support and I'm just ecstatic. And I already, I have a feeling that we're going to hit that, that last milestone, the the final goal. And I'm going to end up having to raise it. Um, Cause as of now, like I did and you know, my first milestone was the Twitch sing stream. Um, my next one, I'm actually going to be planning that for the next few days is a blindfolded stream. Um, and then after that is going to be a baking stream. And then, um, I'm going to have my mom actually streaming, um, streaming something and streaming with me. Um, next incentive, the next incentive at a thousand dollars is going to be me eating chocolate covered bugs. Yeah. I heard you mention that. I'm sorry. Rest in peace. Yeah. It's it's okay. I, I almost feel like, and listen, I'm, I'm doing it because I've had people, I've, I've heard of people eating the chocolate covered bugs and they don't taste that bad. I think it's more of a texture thing, gonna be a texture thing for me and like mm-hmm. the crunch and stuff. I was just about to say, you're gonna get that crunch. Uh, we'll be right back uh, um, with this episode of, of my Twitch stream because this shit is disgusting. I, at the end of the day, as long as it don't taste like stink bug or vomit, I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> after that, my final goal is going to actually be a live stream of me getting a St. Jude tattoo. So um, I am super excited. I Like I said, we're already halfway past our goal, and I'm now streaming five days a week. So I have a feeling that if, if we keep up the same momentum that we have, we can we can definitely knock that out within the next week. So oh, you're definitely going to reach your goal. About it. Definitely. Thank you. 100%. Thank you. 100%. Dope people do dope shit, and people recognize. Real recognize, real out here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, be will. Uh, you did mention that you really haven't had a lot of time to do anything, uh, as far as gaming. So has, has there been anything gaming related that stood out to you in the last week? Gaming news, uh, anything that you've seen revealed that you want to play in the future? Um, Borderlands 3, Borderlands 3 has me interested. I never played Borderlands coming up. Um, okay. I think I've, I've talked about this with you, especially, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before though, but Destiny was my first First person shooter. Yeah. Because controlling them felt like nonsense to me, having never played one like forward and back and then left and right. This is stupid. I'm not doing this. <laughs> so um Destiny was the first one. I had some incentive to stick with it until it started feeling natural. So um Borderlands missed me and I missed it on the first go round. So I actually picked up, I bought the I had the handsome collection just sitting in a pile of of, of backlog games, which Let's not even start there, cause Jesus. Um, yeah, it's rough. So me and me and my homeboy Brizo, we cracked it open, and it was like, okay, this is cool. But we were, he was over my house, so we were split screen, and I, I cannot for the life of me remember why split screen was so fun when I was a kid. I was like, I can't see shit, man. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I can't see the items for real. Everything's just smashed onto the screen. We so, spoiled now. 
We are spoiled, man. So me and him, we're supposed to to do some uh, some co-op on PSN just to try to get back into it and actually play it the way it's meant to be seen. But um, I want to play. I want to get the the re-release they did for Borderlands One, mm-hmm. and then replay through um, two and the prequel to two, just so I have an idea of what I'm going into for three. Because what I did play was cool, and I'm looking forward to see what that might be. I hadn't seen any of the the content um, release where, where they're kind of like, you know trickling the content out for a three. Mm. But I want to play through one, the prequel to two, and then two, just to see. All right, I, I think I'm I'm excited about this now. Okay. So that's one thing I am excited about. Where yeah, the the gameplay reveal, the longer one, it it looks really good. Um, they're balancing out the co op a bit better, so it's it's uh it's not a chore for either one of the people that plays. You know, getting lower loot or anything like that. Uh, the level scaling and the loot scaling seem to be pretty interesting. The movement, uh, the the enhanced movement in this kind of brings it into the modern FPS days. And I'm excited for it, too. And I'll, I'll probably have to get it on PS4 because I definitely want to jump in there and play with Katie and play with you as well. Word. Yeah, see what's popping with that. That looks pretty dope. That Borderlands 3 Rage 2, which comes out a bit sooner. Both of those have me pretty excited for first-person shooters. Yeah. Which, I never played. What, what was Rage like? I never played Rage. Rage is base, was basically like Borderlands, but solo. And okay. without the humor. Well, there was some humor to it. Um, but it was it wasn't on that level, not on the Borderlands level. But it was that you know kind of post apocalyptic, wild, Mad Max world to a degree, um, right? And it was it was entertaining. I I jumped in the rage well after the buzz because there were some issues with it at launch. Well, not really at launch, but people didn't like the ending so much. Um, the expectations were kind of all over the place for it, but. I thought it was really dope uh, for what it was. I didn't think that it would ever get a sequel, though. And um, I'm glad. And they're leaning all the way into the things that kind of made it stand out before. So uh, I'm really curious to see what it's like. I I think I'm actually going to end up reviewing that for Digital Trends. So that'll be the the next big review for me. And that comes out at the end of this month. So definitely look for that. And then my last week in gaming has been filled with horror shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that a really bad week or actual horror games? Horror horror games, horror games. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they've been fun. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah, is that what we're doing? That's what we've been doing. I I mentioned before that, you know, I've been playing last year, The Nightmare, with a group of people. Oh, let me tell you. All right, so... Last year, the nightmare, five high school students, one killer. Uh, you can choose between three killers. And if you die, then the one you were using is gone temporarily. And you have to choose one of the other two. Right. There's one. There's a, a small, fast one that uses a hook to pull people in. There's um, basically the typical horror movie killer running around with his axe. Um, a little bit stronger, pretty good stamina. And then there's the giant buff dude that could just throw people across the map. It's nuts. Um, and when I first started playing that game, I sucked at everything because you, you pretty much just have to figure it out as you go. It's more team-based. If you go out and try to lone wolf some shit by yourself, uh, it's not going to end well for you, especially if the person playing the killer really knows what they're doing. Even if they just somewhat know what they're doing, they're going to go after people that are by themselves because if they're together 
you can help each other. Like if I grab somebody uh, with a small dude, another player nearby can free them. And, you know, you have a little bit of time to get away. <clears throat> but let me tell you. Uh, shout out to my boy Stephen Blomkamp and all the wonderful people we play with in that Discord. But I terrorized the hell out of them the last time <laughs> that I played as the villain. <laughs> and it was my first time. Um, you you have different goals that you can do. So if even if some people escape, um, you can accomplish your goals as a killer and still get a bloodbath. I killed everybody. And... You can respawn in that game, but if you kill all of them before they go and free the other people, then it's game over for them. And it was rough. Like every like corner they were turning, I was there just waiting. And I used the small dude um, for the most part because he has a long range thing where he can pull people in. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was like they they were playing smart and playing together. But I just kept grabbing the last person in the group, just whoever straggling in the back, just (laughs) snatched them around a corner before anybody realized what was going on and killed them. And then I disappear, pop up on the other side and take them out. It was beautiful. It was, you know, and and then when I play that, all of us do something different when we become the villain. There's one guy that just doesn't talk at all. He just cuts his mic off. But I start talking like a villain and doing like these voices and shit. Oh my God. <laughs> this dude. This dude. It's beautiful Ooh. though. It's beautiful. And then as a matter of fact, Sierra was in here while I was playing and she recorded me doing that. <laughs> so I need to actually get that from her and like share it somewhere. But yeah, was doing that and that's been fun. But we also picked up Hunt Showdown. Uh, Katie, you're familiar with that game, right? Yes. Okay. So they've optimized the hell out of it. It's, it runs so much better now. They've added a new mode. And we 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 always appreciated it, but it just didn't run as well. So we jumped back into it. And the way Hunt Showdown works is you work in groups of two um, or solo. And your objective in the main mode is to banish one of two monsters. You have to find the clues to figure out where they are. But there are monsters all over the place while you're roaming around finding your clues. And there are other players, too. And you just have to survive. You got to try to kill the monsters as quietly as possible because sound carries across the whole map. And people will come and take you out. And when your hunter dies, they're dead for good. And you have to buy a new one. And the levels that they had been doing uh, or the level they reached is gone. The weapons they had is gone. The whole nine. So it's, it's, it's a tough tough game but we've been having a lot of fun with it and yeah that's that's kind of been my last week uh other than just playing i mentioned before i was playing through games um pillars of eternity 2 which be will i actually wanted to ask you if you're going to be jumping on that when it comes to consoles i definitely will so okay here's what happened with uh pillars one so i i got to this point where i'm almost certain I can go to, I don't want to say it's the end game because I don't know how far I am in. Like you told me there was, you're going to hit this point and it feels like you're done with everything. And then there's a whole like backside <laughs> of that mountain. Yeah. So I think I'm at the peak and then I'm about to hit the backside of that mountain. The only thing is I can't find the path to the peak. Like I'm right here. I'm like, all right, the top is here somewhere. So I'm like searching and then, you know, I got busy and made a human. So um, I'm going to get back into it soon. 
because I definitely want to finish it. The writing was outstanding. So, yes, when when part two comes to consoles, I am on it. I might have to try to catch the first one on sale for consoles and get it for Katie because I'm really curious if she will like those games. Uh, Katie, you haven't really looked into them at all, have you? What games? Pillars of Eternity. Um, I've seen a little bit of it. Um, I don't know if that's like my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got a couple of friends that have played it. Don't know if it's my cup of tea though. But I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm not down for trying new things. Word, word, word. Um, yeah, it's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. I'm just curious, like, what you take from it? If if you might get hooked into it, because it was B. Will's first experience with something like that ever. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool. It it does take some adjustment. It was not my cup of tea. It's like, all right, so I'm moving the map separate from the players, but how do I not do it? It was, it's really weird. Cause you can tell it's made for PC, but once you get the, the, the hang of the controls, it, it definitely opens up for you. Word, word. Now we get to move on into the main topics for this episode, episode 52 of the coins to continue podcast uh, for all the previous topics, hit us with the hashtag coins and the number two on social media. So we can read off um, your takes, your responses, your feedback on the show. And, First, we're going to start off with kind of a rewind. I know I did. I know Katie did. Uh, B-Will, did you touch Pokemon Go when it was hot? I did not. I let everybody else have that. So that, that, that's y'all. Y'all got it. But you you probably had to deal with a lot of people wandering around campus and shit. Oh, no doubt. So I, I run the game room in the in the building where I work. So we got a game. So it's just the the entire gaming community is down there so there's there's laptop people running league on laptop and and people people playing card games and tabletop games so the entire community was riled up about it so they were all like looking around and searching for pokemon it was really it was a a huge thing we actually emailed niantic at that time we were like hey we would like this to be like that spot where you can get it's oh, the items, there yeah, you, the, the, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking so about. So, like, we want this location, which is actually the physical game room, to be that item spot. Can you do that? And they were like, listen, we're getting a lot of traffic for people asking to make their coffee shop or their small business uh, a central location in the game so that they can get, you know, some more foot traffic. We aren't selling that right now, mm. but we'll keep that in mind. And I was thinking, man, they could make a killing. They really could. If they had let people do that. But, yeah, I am familiar with what it was. I just didn't play it myself. Got you. And, Katie, what was your experience with Pokemon Go? Oh, I played it. I played it a lot <laughs> in the beginning. I mean, I remember I, can't, I remember when I was in L.A. at one point in time, like, I we literally were headed to a friend of ours, a um, little, like, birthday get-together, and we stopped at a park because there was a poke stop right there. Like it was, it was serious. <laughs> it was, it was really, really serious. Like I remember um, when it actually first like came out. I was actually on a plane, and I think I was actually headed to LA, and it wasn't obviously working because of you know while I was in the sky. But then as soon as I landed, like I mean, we would literally like take detours just to hit poke stops to get. Pokeballs and and all that. And I played it really heavy for like the first, for the first few months. For the first few months, I was on it very heavy. There, I remember where I lived at, there was like a little, um, there was one night where, because I used to live on the coast of Mississippi, and there was one night where there were just, 
people just like this massive like meetup of people just along the beach like hitting poke stops and there were people out there selling merchandise like little pins and stuff and it was it was actually a neat little experience like it was it was pretty cool it was it was and I just look back, I'm like, wow, people really did this over Pokemon Go. It was Go. wild. It was wild. It was. It was. And I, after those first few months, like, I kind of fell off it more. And it would it would be one of those things that, like, um, when I was at, you know, school on, like, my campus and things like that, I would I would do it. But um, about the time that I think, like, I graduated was when I kind of fell off of it and... Um, that that was about the time, but I've actually been thinking about picking it back up. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I've been thinking about picking it back up because they've not that there was anything wrong with it. I just I just stopped playing it, and right. um, it also didn't help that the area that I was living in didn't really have like a lot of really like, poke stops. stops. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't any like poke stops around and stuff, so I couldn't get any pokeballs. But um, I'm I'm really thinking about picking it up. I actually reinstalled it. Um, last weekend i think i haven't had a chance to, like open it and log in and stuff but <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm gonna be picking it back up because i want to i want to see what all they've got now got you uh i think my two like pivotal moments i think i mentioned one before which is uh i went to utsa's campus which isn't very far from where i live now and where i lived before um around one or two in the morning with a group of people and it was so packed it looked like school was open like it was nuts because they had a Pokestop in there and they also had three gyms. So everybody was just chilling at UTSA campus in, in the middle of the night. And that was fucking amazing to me. But but I think my peak moment with that game was when I was in a club downtown and I left out of the club to go to the corner to catch a Snorlax. And I was not the only person that did that. <laughs> and like my 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 group of friends like they I want I wasn't near them at the time but I went out there and there was just like a congregation of people that had just left out of the bars and clubs around that particular area to catch a Snorlax and I was like yeah this this is kind of nuts like I already thought it was crazy how impactful the game was when it launched just seeing because you could see you saw people out and you knew they were out for Pokemon Go but it just blew my mind that like it 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 had you know, filtered over into the nightlife kind of in, in such a way. And just in the forethought for them to kind of like take advantage of those, you know, high traffic areas too. Uh, people just chilling out, drinking and shit and got a Pokemon stop, stop as a, a Pokestop as this bar. And yeah, it, it's nuts. But I asked that to ask this. Are y'all excited for Harry Potter Wizards Unite? Which for the people that are unfamiliar that is uh, Niantic's new game that takes advantage of their like landmark map system that they use to power Pokemon Go, but set in the Harry Potter universe. So it, the questions I have is two questions. One, are y'all interested and excited for this? And then the second question is, what other worlds would you be excited to engage with in this way? Uh, but Katie, I will let you go first with thoughts on Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Um, to be honest with you, <laughs> I hadn't heard much about it. I knew that, you know, I knew when they announced it and they were talking about doing it. But is there like a expected release date that they're this at? year? It was supposed to come out last year and they delayed it. But the beta uh-huh. went live in New Zealand and Australia. OK, OK. Yeah, because I hadn't heard anything about it. So I didn't know if it was still a thing. Um or if it got like 
trashed or anything like that. But I mean, I obviously I love Harry Potter and um, especially if I get to catch like, uh, you know, magical creatures. I mean, that's kind of like my whole shtick, right? I'm a Hufflepuff. So (laughs) that's that's what we that's like if we as professors, that's the sort of stuff that we do because we love animals. We love nature, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, like my my son, young Newt, mm-hmm. um, I would love that. So I mean, it's it's one of those things I'll definitely play for sure. Um, I I don't think there's really much else to say about it because I mean, it's just if it, I can get a Harry Potter version of, of Pokemon Go and I can catch magical creatures or just you know even if I'm not sure the exact details about it. I don't know if it's just catching magical creatures or if it's you know just like you can go up to stuff and and use spells to get certain things. I would imagine it kind of works that way as well. Um, I, it sounds like a good time to me, so yeah. I'm definitely definitely on board. This one seems like it's going to be more action oriented because the premise behind it is doing like going to places that like some magical disorder has popped up at and fixing it so that the Muggle world doesn't learn about the the magic world. And there will be capturing of creatures involved. That little creature that steals gold in uh, the movies, he's already being teased as one of the the creatures that you'll have to find. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much they're going to do the, the collecting aspect of Pokemon Go, which is my concern. Because I think that was the big reason why everybody stepped outside when Pokemon Go dropped to go and, you know, run down the street with friends and go out and capture all these different things. I just don't know how inclined people would be to go out and wave their phone like a wand to take down different things at a stop and then bounce. You know what I'm saying? Not Who, who going to check me? Who going to check me? <laughs> <laughs> who going to check me? Because I'm going to. Do it. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be one of the people doing it. I'm curious. Uh, but I, I know it won't, and, and it's unfair to even discuss it this way, but I highly doubt it reached the heights that Pokemon Go hit because that was once in a lifetime, like record setting uh, kind oh, of yeah. experience. Well, and when you think about, I mean, you had parents and stuff playing Pokemon Go. My mom mm-hmm. even brought it up not too long ago about bringing it up. Obviously, Harry Potter has a massive following, but I think in terms of, I think I think Pokemon has a bigger following because it it's been around it a lot spans, longer. Yeah, it's been around longer, and it just spans generations. Parents were doing it, grandparents were doing it, you know, the younger children were doing it. I feel like now, if anybody does kind of the Harry Potter thing, it'll be like it'll be maybe like folks like within our age age range to like maybe like kind of older teens, but I don't really foresee. I, I feel like that's going to be like the, the main group right there. That's going to be partaking in it. Gotcha. Be will. Um, I, I would check it out before I checked out Pokemon simply because I'm more familiar with the universe. Um, by the time I was in prime PlayStation age, I was Pokemon was just getting like really, really big. And I was like, ah, it's okay. So, I mean, like, my little sister was all into it. Um, a lot of, I want to say maybe two or three years below me was the first true, true Pokemon generation. And I just missed it. So I didn't have that excitement for it. But with Harry Potter, I didn't even 
read the books, grow up. But I just like my wife loves it. So watched all the movies with her and got into it. I mean, I don't know if y'all been, but like the little Harry Potter world in Orlando. Oh, it's lit. Fire. Fire. Like I, I have never been in any place that is themed that accurately, like so detailed. Like it's it's amazing. But I do have like I'm thinking about what you said, Charles. Like, what are you doing in the game? Right, like yeah. I with Pokemon, I'm walking to find, to catch something. I didn't catch it. Oh, now I gotta catch it, but now I gotta catch some more. I mean, it's hundreds of Pokemon. What am I doing in the Harry Potter one? Yeah. What are you gonna do that's I, I would gonna pick keep it up. coming back? Right. I, I would pick it up because I'm familiar with the world. I would um, look for all the things. If you're going to have me collecting some old bullshit just to keep me walking around, that's not going to last. It's like, oh, okay, this was cool. I'm done. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It depends on what the hook is. What is the hook for that game? Because like <laughs> you said it, am I going to be waving my phone around like a wand? Because I ain't going to lie to you, G. Uh, I ain't going to be out there doing that because <laughs> I'm not going to be... You know, saying the Latin spells, and uh, I'm not gonna be doing that because I, you didn't have to. You didn't really have to do that to play Pokemon. You just had to look at your phone, hold it up, the camera up, it's like, oh look, I got it, I got it. You pressing buttons on your phone, you you could tell people were doing it, yeah. But it still wasn't this ex- exaggerated, so out of the ordinary looking thing to be doing if you were playing that game. You're walking and you're looking, you're you're motioning on your phone, but that was it. Like this. If you're going to make this realistic, then it's got to look ridiculous. And what you're, it's going to look ridiculous. And what's the end game of that? <laughs> end game. <laughs> what's what's the point of it? So, am I going to look ridiculous so I can get a a token for a butter beer at the bar? Because no thanks, because that's not going to be real. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. It depends on what they make, um, what incentive they provide for you to keep going in that game. So I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to be. Look, we live in the South and I feel like some, we're going to have some bad experiences. Is We're going to be outside at like 12 o'clock in the morning casting spells. <laughs> and it's, some some racist person is going to be like, there's some satanic devil oh, worshiping Lord. black out here. Oh, and it's going to be a whole bunch of mess. I see it happening now. Shit, people yeah. were talking about that with Pokemon Go. Like, you know, just having conversations about how certain people going outside to play Pokemon Go and hanging out in certain places weren't mm-hmm. had to be more conscious of what they were doing versus oh, other yeah. people. And yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be waving your phone around and, and yelling out stuff and yeah, it's gonna be different. But I'm I'm curious. I'm really curious to see. I wanna know I'm gonna keep track of the beta and learn how it's being received there in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, but I'm I'm really curious. But uh, just real quickly, are there any worlds that y'all would like to see brought to life in this way? That you can run outside with your people and, and, and play games with or capture something? Digimon? Of course. Digimon is the easy option there. Right. That makes the most sense, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really think of anything that hits as well as Digimon, but I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh type game would actually work. Like, if I could go out, I don't know how I, if I could play any other player who has this app on their phone. Yeah. And, like, when you play a card, you see the animations on your phone, and they see the animation, so you have to kind of link somehow and match, and then you have a battle and you get a card. So I know that 
Well, it wouldn't work because you have to interact with people, so it wouldn't work as well as Pokemon Go works True. because you don't really have to see people. But it would be competitive, which would keep people going. Um, you have an incentive to get more cards. It's not just happenstance. You have to find people to play. So it, I think that would work. Yu-Gi-Oh would be interesting. Um, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, just thinking on the idea of like a, a world itself, not so much the details of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, something in the Star Wars world would actually be pretty cool. What? Like, you know, bounty hunter kind of thing, maybe. Go, Star Wars oh, would you, be interesting. You'd have to go out and find some quality lightsaber action yeah, because it hadn't pieces. been in the movies. Oh, wow. Oh. So you, you'd have to go out on the app and try to piece it together. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why we got to be? Like I mean, this? but you you said we we and we trying to find them. <laughs> hey, shout shout out to to my tweet from yesterday. Phantom Menace was good, and it still has the best fights in the entire series. Uh, yeah, you, you I, I'll square it with anybody over that. If they want to go down go down like that, feel free. Step up, get get cut in half. But. Let's get into the final topic of today's episode. The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox other. He's <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. This guy so said Xbox other. <laughs> Level of disrespect. Wow. Like, Xbox, Xbox didn't want to mar what race it was on the application. Uh, uh, so just... no, the, you get the, the PS5 and the next box. That'll work. <laughs> But it's being called the Xbox Anaconda and there are details coming out now The 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 rollout is beginning. You know, you know, everybody's been theorizing on what these consoles will be when they will come out. Um, I did write a story specifically about the PS5 launch. We just based on analyzing the financials for Sony, they they're not spending any marketing money on the PS5 before April? Is it before April or June? Before April of 2020, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. April of 2020. Um, they're not spending anything in that the fiscal year before that. But they mm-hmm. did discuss that their operating costs, that they're that they're that's gonna be going up for the PS5 development. So the the money that they're earning from their other from their other gaming and well just from all their pro, uh processes and divisions some of those uh the they were saying that the lenders not the lenders the investors are not going to see as much of those operating profits because the PS5 development will begin so we can pretty much expect the announcement to happen probably soon after that soon after April Um, Maybe right in May, maybe in June at E3. That would make sense. Um, And I I expect the release to happen at the end of that year, that same year. So 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2020. So about 18 months from now. Yeah, my prediction is PS5 comes out in the fall of 2020. Um, So the, the Xbox Anaconda, on the other hand, the only thing that we know so far is that some of the people with the developer kits are saying that Based on the PS5 hardware reveal, um, well, not hardware, spec reveal by Mark Cerny in an interview, um, the Xbox Anaconda is going to be more powerful. But, yeah, they're, they're saying it's going to be more powerful, but we know that 
being more powerful, that's, you know, that's, that's a marketing thing. And it doesn't really matter if the games don't come with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, it didn't help Xbox one X very much, uh, which is easily the most powerful of, of the consoles. Um, and we're also going to have the Google Stadia come out at the end of 2019. But but this is going to be specifically about expectations and hopes for the PS5 and the Xbox Next other thing that's coming after the, the one. Um, <clears throat> first off, be will. What are your hopes for the PS5? And, and are you in, in are you in a place where that's it? You're going to get the Sony console. You're not considering the Xbox or are you kind of curious about both? Okay, so, well, I guess if if I'm I'm locked into PlayStation, uh, the, the the brand because my gaming experiences have been extremely positive since I've gone that way since the PlayStation One for Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. and PlayStation One had bangers. PlayStation Two had the most bangers for sure. Um, PlayStation Three, I was actually not one of those people who said I'm gonna get it no matter what. I jumped on there. With PlayStation 3, like two years after it drops, I'm like, I'm not paying that much money for no console. Y'all can <laughs> yeah. kiss my ass, man. So I waited. I actually know. I bought one of the original 60 gigs that the disk drive had stopped working on eBay. They were like, it doesn't work. I can't do anything with it. So I bought that. Sony, as long as the serial number is not scratched off, you could send it into them. They send you like a little packaging kit and you pay $150. To get it fixed. Okay. So I bought a broken one for $250. I paid $150 to get it fixed. No matter what the problem was, if it was out of warranty, be like, hey, I don't have the receipt or anything like that, but I got a perfectly otherwise normal PS3 and the disk drive didn't work. They say, okay, here. So I got it for $400, but that was still like 20 months after launch, which was fine with me. PlayStation 2 had plenty of games to play. Right. So after that, my experience with PlayStation 3 was positive. PlayStation 4 has been really good. I got it about a year and a half, about 18 months after launch. I was waiting for some good stuff to come out. Eventually it did, and I jumped on board. So that's been my experience, not adopting immediately, but waiting until it makes sense for me, going ahead and getting whatever those games are for the you know the new console that makes sense that are in my wheelhouse. And then my experience is, is generally positive. Right now, going into the next gen, God of War was... It's, it's in my top five games of all time. Okay. And that just came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, it's not in my top five or top ten even, but it was a really, really, really good game that I am very, very much looking forward to the sequel on. Um, they have more than I'm looking forward to. I already know the the range of RPGs and, and um, Japanese games is going to be so much better on PlayStation than Xbox. And I like those games. I play those games. True that. So that that by itself makes the PlayStation a clear number one choice for me. However, Xbox has plenty of time to show me something. I mean, when they when they re- revealed Scalebound, I was like, okay, let me start, you know, uh, saving some of this Xbox money aside because I might have to get one to play. This, this is the type of game I want to play. Right. And then they canceled it. And then all the other games that looked somewhat interesting end up being duds, like Recore was a dud. And um, that was another game they dropped that was a dud. Pretty much every game they dropped this generation has been a dud. But they had me interested. They just didn't follow through. So I'm going to leave room 
for them to impress me. But I'm not going to lie. They have some ground to make up because I kind of already know what I'm getting with PlayStation 4. I mean, excuse me, uh, PS5, especially if the rumors about backward compatibility are even kind of true. You mean I can go back to four? You know how many games I got for four I haven't played yet? Come on. Like, it's it's the easiest decision because the best console this generation is going to get a big brother. And I got so much left over that, yeah, I would like to continue that. And if you give me a good enough reason, some some exclusives that are, are really high end, we expect to be great, and I can play all the stuff I haven't played yet, then PS5 is, is a, it's, it's an easy decision for me. Word. How about you, Katie? Um, well, obviously, um, I, first of all, I want to say that I do think that your estimate for when we're going to see your release of, uh, at least one of these consoles of fall 2020, I think that's a, that's safe, um, potentially even spring, but fall, I think is a pretty safe, um, estimate on that. I mean, personally for me, I mean, I obviously am going to of course have interest in the PlayStation five. I mean, like you said, it's, I don't want to make this a PlayStation versus Xbox thing, but you know, just like the Xbox one X slash Scorpio, um, how it was marketed as being more powerful. But like you said, it doesn't mean anything if it doesn't have games to show for it. And what ended up happening with the Xbox, um, the Xbox one was, you know, when it came out, like, I mean, personally for me, it didn't have a crap ton of games that it, you know, kind of had as its selling point. But then it even it took an even bigger hit because a lot of those games got axed. One of them being yeah. Scalebound. Mm-hmm. God, I was I honestly would have gotten an Xbox just for that game alone. Yep. And I was very upset that it got canceled. I was right there with you, um, honestly. I was already mm-hmm. planning on getting one for that game. And y'all y'all do know the rumors around that game now, right? Just mm-hmm. going to switch. Yeah. That the switch is going to pick it up. Yeah. And yeah. if that happens, it's going to be crazy. And I was reading some stuff on Reddit about like the kind of like logistics and semantics of and how that could potentially happen. So, I mean, keep my fingers crossed because that would be that would first of all, that would be huge for the switch. Absolutely. That would be just like a huge bag for them. And then it would just be. I just am imagining like playing something like that on the go. And it's just like, oh, it sounds amazing. So f- fingers crossed it may just be a bullshit rumor, but, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, just like B. Will said, it's, it's, it, it holds no weight if there's not any games for it that are going to come out. And that's really, I know a lot of people like when the Xbox like first came out that, well, I mean, the Xbox one, not the original Xbox, but a lot of people I know uses like a T, they say they call it a TV machine. <laughs> it's got all of these, you know, it's, it's these kind of specs and that's what most people use it for is is TV based stuff, because when it comes to that sort of thing, it is the superior console. And like I said, I don't want to make this into like some console war mess because I absolutely hate console wars. Because I think I think every console has or every platform rather has, you know, things that work for different people. So, of course, I don't get mad. You know, I'm not going to feel any way if somebody says Xbox better for them. By, by all means, you know, that's totally fine if that's your prerogative. I just want, I honestly want for them to do better and to have more. They need more games. Um, I think that Sony's and, and PlayStation's with their track record, they've got that down pat. Right. Um, so I don't think, and I think that's why they know they don't have to have this most like powerful system. 
Um, and uh, the PlayStation Five is going to be uh, that's that's just going to happen. There's there's nothing else I can say about that except for the fact that I'm getting it. <laughs> PlayStation can't release a new console that I'm not going to get. It's it's I'm too far I'm too far in. I've had a PlayStation. I've had every single PlayStation since PlayStation even was first created. Got it. it it's it, I'm never not going to have one. So it's like it's. And I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to, I, I just don't foresee, Jumping I just shit. don't foresee, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee, foresee there being a shift. I, I, I just don't see it because I, there's just Sony exclude PlayStation exclusives and most of my friends being on there and all like my progress and trophies and my PSN and things like that. And so it's just, I don't know. Like I said, for me, it's just a matter of time of seeing like what they're like, Almost, I'm wondering what they can do with these new consoles. I mean, granted, I don't know. I'm not, I'm pretty tech savvy, I think. But I don't know. I'm trying to just like picture and imagine like, what can you do at this point? Like, and that goes for, that just goes for like new consoles in general. What can you do that we don't already have? And I'm just trying to like wrap my brain around like, what could, what sort of, capabilities and specs could these consoles have like how can you get better than this i'm not saying that these consoles are perfect now because they're not you know but i'm just like i said i'm just trying to wrap my brain around like what are we going to end up with like a a, a console that plays a hologram one day like i'm just trying to imagine like where do they go from here because it just yeah yeah what is the next step they're going to keep going up and improving but it's like Maybe I'm just stupid and I don't understand how this stuff works, but I'm just like, where? How can this get even better? Well, you know what I mean. So I'm excited. I was I was thinking about that honestly because I was listening to a, a couple of, of other podcasts talking about it and the the levels of of computer gaming and and the type of computing that these new components can do. It's just going to make stuff look like man, what the fuck? Yeah. In in a way that you you didn't you didn't even know how light refraction and behavior could get better until you will see it. Yeah. And then you'll be yeah. like, how in the fuck are they? And then you'll go back and look at some stuff from like PS4 and be like, what in the fuck was I looking at? <laughs> I didn't know this light looks terrible. And then you'll just become a snob about lighting in games because it's reached a level that we didn't know it could reach. But the thing about that next generation and that next step is, I, well, number one, I hope it's not resolution-based because resolution does little to absolutely nothing for gameplay at all. It's it's literally a a, a mechanism for companies to sell more TVs. For honestly, sure. yeah, it is it is it is a feather that people can put in their hat and say, "I've got 4K," but it it doesn't mean it, it functionally does not mean anything until you buy a bigger screen and then you have to have content to fill that screen. So now you need 4K, but if you never bought a bigger screen. All of these newer computing um, components that can do these fancy things could do them in in 1080. It's just that the resolution battle is a battle that's kind of artificial. Nobody's nobody was in 2000. What what was it? Once we just got to HD, when PS3 and Xbox 360 could do HD, so 720 and 1080 in some games, nobody was like, we definitely need 4K now. Nobody cared. No, that no. that wasn't. It, it didn't matter. So, but PC kind of does that too because they're the I've got to be whatever. Everything. I've got to max out everything. So devs, they provide that 
and somebody's got to have it. And then they create this superiority standard of it's got to be this, but it it doesn't. And I know that some of the computing power for the next gen is going to be used and, in my opinion, wasted on maxing out 4K and obviously 8K, which was so stupid when I read this. Like, Yeah, the they ran into that way too fast. Google uh, Stadia too. Yeah. I don't care but, about 8K, um, bro. Make sure this runs it, it, on my, my, my potato internet first. Thank you. My internet is, is I mean, it's it's decent, but we talk like Stadia. Stadia is a whole nother. When y'all talked about Stadia, y'all asked all the questions I had. Like, what? What kind of internet do you think we have? We are not in Silicon Valley. <laughs> we don't have Google Fiber here. Thank you. Thank what, you. What do you think we're going to be doing? But well, that's a, we won't we won't get too far off because that'll be a whole nother uh, conversation. Uh, actually, but, I've, I've lined up a guest to come in and talk a little bit about that. Good, because so, I want to hear them talk about that. Yeah, for sure. But um, Katie, with, with what you were saying, I think the next step will be things that we didn't know we needed. I do think it will make the experience of gaming more immersive. I do think it will make um, certain things smoother. Like, we don't think about it or care about it so much. But when you're playing a game, like, think about how choppy Fortnite is. Mm -hmm. Fortnite's choppy as fuck. What what if that just plays smoother now? It's like, oh, this is is an improvement. I didn't know I needed it because Fortnite was fun because it was fun to whoever thinks it's fun. I I don't think it's fun. but (laughs) Word. But... We'll get these improvements. We'll smooth things out. Like I remember playing Horizon Zero Dawn and I had a, I was playing it on a regular PS4. It was okay. I got a PS4 Pro for Christmas. I got, I think I got that for Christmas. When was it? Was it last year? No, it was 2017. Mm-hmm. And I put it, it in the Pro. I was like, oh shit. Like I think this is how it was meant to be played and it's being held back on a regular PS4. Right. They, so, they were but premature it, with their PS4 and Xbox One. Right, uh, right, for sure. And and that that was a bunch of existing um, tech that they kind of piled on top of each other and shoved it in the box. But, I mean, I'm expecting this one to be a new round of new tech that makes games smoother, faster, not just prettier, but more realistic than they have ever been. And I think that's where they're going. I, again, I think they're going to waste some some headroom with resolution, unfortunately. I, Sony's got to build in some VR bells and whistles, right? I mean, don't, Man, don't they Man, I, I got a lot to? to say about the VR aspect, for sure. But you know what? We've got to shut it down. We, we've run a little, run out of time. But consider this part one of this conversation because there's so much more that we can discuss about the PS5 and the Xbox other. Um, And I want to dig deeper into like franchises we want to see, like what we Mm. want to see as improvements and advancements in different franchises on these next consoles. Franchises we want to see return potentially on these new consoles and specifically what developers or studios we'd like to see create new projects on these new consoles in the future as well. So uh, thank you everybody for listening to episode 52 of the Coins to Continue podcast. We will be back next week and continue this conversation. Peace out.